0: Welcome to Return to Oswald episode eight. I am Derek. As always, I'm joined by Brandon and Scar. Um, and we're here. We're at the season one finale. Um They got real. Scar, how are you doing today? I'm
1: good, man. Um, it's been a it's been a very interesting week because this is the first time that we're doing an episode and I have watched the episode way early. <laughs> like I, I watched the episode last Wednesday, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna rely on your recap <laughs> to, for most of it to try to figure out. That, oh yeah, that's what happened. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of that today.
0: And, I, and actually, I, I, have a, I have a question for you in a second. But Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Okay. Um, do y'all take notes for this? No. Brandon? No, because I watch
2: it right before we do it every week.
0: Okay. Like literally
2: I, walk down
0: I, stairs I, and get I, on the show. I find that I do about four pages of notes. I write four pages of notes per episode. And for this one, I, I, yeah. It's about the average, but yeah, man, this was literally a jam-packed episode. Um, Return Return to Oswald, episode eight, the season finale, A Game of Checkers. Now, initially, the title of it, without seeing it, I had initially thought that the title was alluding to how some people are playing chess and other people are playing checkers. And that the majority of people were looking at the short game while Saeed this entire season has been looking at a long game um, as far as how to start the riot, how he wants to be implemented, what changes he wants. Like he's literally been setting this up from yes. the very moment he went into Oswald. He's been setting up a way to tear Oswald back down.
1: Yes. And then it just doesn't happen the way that he
0: thought it was going to happen. Because while he was playing chess, there's white boys playing checkers. Brandon, what would you think about this episode?
2: <laughs> um, There's a part in the middle that I'm going to just be listening because I got distracted.
0: Okay.
2: Um, but the I, I saw most of it, probably, you know, 98% of the, the show episode. But there was a part in the middle and I got confused and then I didn't have time to go back. But I knew this was coming and I was excited to see it. Um, I feel I feel even more vindicated in my support for McManus after this episode. Ooh.
1: Um,
2: and I feel even more vindicated in my hate for the warden after this episode.
1: Ooh, okay, that's saying, a lot. that's saying a whole lot.
0: That is, that's saying a lot. Uh, and and we'll get to that in a in a second. I'm quite sure.
1: As some as some uh, some New York niggas said to me a long time ago. Uh, When having a conversation in a music store, that's a statement.
0: (laughs) Now, um.
1: (laughs) And they said that shit is like, for real, they both said that shit like, that's a statement. I went to go buy the, um, I went to go buy the, uh, one of the Fat Joe albums or something. No, I went to buy the Big Pun album. And this, this is after Pun had passed. And they asked me about, um, am I looking forward to the next Fat Joe project? And I was like, Joe, without pun, uh, I don't know. And they were like, that's a statement.
0: <laughs> so, you know, uh, th- this this episode had a lot of statements. And the first statement is, well, before we do that, let me go ahead and uh, tell y'all what the synopsis of this episode is. I've learned that um, while IMDB does have synopses, they don't have the synopsis that I'm looking for. Um, My synopsis of this episode is quite simply the best laid plans of Saeed go Ori when two white dudes can't handle um, a disagreement over a checkers game peacefully also Schillinger Schilling. wants to get out of jail and and Beecher's like fuck you bro <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I loved every bit of that like it's <laughs> like like Schillinger has a reason to like it, all of a sudden at the beginning he has a reason for wanting to be good like at all, all the all of the bullshit that he's done he's just like I gotta get the fuck out of here because I gotta save my kids. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, son, I'm gonna I'm bring you right back here. You don't like, get
0: the
2: you don't get to heal that
0: quick. I, I love the fact that, um, first of all, the very first thing that jumps off is they got Schillinger now out in gin pop, and they put him in a cell with a brother. And I know he was just like, I gotta get back to Oz, right? <laughs> I got to get back to Oz because he wasn't getting no respect out in Gin Pop. The COs were talking to him greasy. He's in there with a brother and it's just like, okay, this ain't going to work for me at all. So okay. he goes and he talks with um, McManus and also he uh, talks with, uh, so Schillinger realizes that he needs to, uh, get back in the eyes by any means necessary and he's talking to mcmanus and 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 possibly warden glenn and he's like i can change i can change i promise i won't be a little slimy bastard and um so they put him but back- i
1: love i love the fact that of his his um his reasoning is sound and it's just
0: and it's and, selfish and-
1: and and it's selfish but it's just like yo i i need to save my kids from the motherfucker that made me a monster
0: you know i'm 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 not going to ever sprinkle any empathy upon schillinger i'm not and i thought about that when he was like i need to get out there and save my kids yeah whatever dude you're a fucking white supremacist you could have saved your kids on your own. And I know that this isn't an episode of Unburdened, but you could have literally broke that chain a long time ago and you chose not to. So that's on you. What your kids do now is literally on you. Um, and yeah, and, fuck that. And it, was,
1: it wasn't even the white supremacy that was the problem. It was the fact that they were doing drugs. Exactly. That, that's the part that he just was, the, the, but but to his, to his small credit, He has been against drugs this whole time.
0: He has been, very much so. Uh, He did go to jail uh, in 92. He got sentenced to eight years, uh, up for parole and five for aggravated assault. He beat up a drug dealer for selling drugs to his kids with a crowbar. Um, Okay, cool, whatever. Did you counsel your kids about, you know what, not even gonna do that. Fuck that dude. So um, he says, McManus is like, how do I know you changed? And he was like, I've been blind. I got glass hitting my eye. Uh, I've been beat up, and I got shitted on. Uh, that's I all it like took me to have a change some, of heart.
2: I feel like that would make someone have a change of heart.
0: I feel like that'll make me very, very <laughs> vengeful.
1: Um, I, I, I think it would make me very vengeful. I'm sorry, it, it would.
0: Like it, that's not going to make me have a change of heart, especially when you walk back in there. And they're like, people are calling you ass wiping, all that, like, all your respect is gone. And Ross recognized it. He was telling uh, Schillinger, You gotta get your, you gotta fight Beatrice so you can get your jizz back, which was the weirdest usage of the phrase jizz I ever heard in my entire life.
1: If Beecher got the juice now. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So, uh, McManus allows uh, Schillinger to come back to Oz, and he also decides that he's going to, uh, I guess pre warn. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say he decided he's going to go ahead and pre warn uh, Beecher that, you know, Schillinger is back in Oz. Like, like, Schillinger's the issue at this point in time. Like, read the room, motherfucker. (laughs) One of these people is not like the other. One of them literally never came back down off of angel dust and shit on somebody. But like I said, uh, Beecher, if this dude never forgave Schillinger, it's completely justified. And he lays out why in this conversation with, um, with McManus that I thought was very poignant.
3: Put these on. Get up.
4: Do you want to touch my dick? Get dressed. I shit all over, man.
3: I know. It's not normal. No. Get dressed. (sighs) Schillinger's back in Emerald City. He says he won't harm you. Tell me you won't harm him. He burnt the swastika into my flesh.
4: He made me rip up pictures of my family. He made me eat the pages of a law book. He made me wear women's makeup and he fucked me up the ass. I know. (laughs) So now I just forgive him? Yes.
3: Could you?
2: hey roommate
0: before we get into this next part because i am going to let this next part play uh beecher has now been moved into a pod with o'reilly um and o'reilly is still you know trying to, he's a rat. He's still trying to get in, or snake. He's still trying to get in chummy with everybody before the riot pops off. But he, even he doesn't know exactly what he's encountering with Beecher. And it's interesting in this next scene to see how Beecher literally recoils to things that he would have been just, would have been second nature to him before or wouldn't have been an issue to him before. Um, so to see that change in him from then till now is is is, is it's very stark to me. So
4: <clears throat> how crazy are you? Crazy? Well you broke the glass. You blinded Chillinger, you took a shit on his face. Hey, hey, what the fuck are you looking at? See, this is what I'm talking about. The old Beecher would have hid just now. Yeah, well, I left the old Beecher in the hole. I hear you. Hey, don't get so close to me, okay? Okay.
0: Beecher's like I I can't I can't trust anybody. And if he can't, and he, when he told McManus, "I forgive you," or "I forgive him." That's literally him seeing the lie in McManus's eyes and reflecting that lie back out to him. Like, because would you he, be able to forgive him? And he's like, yes, I could. Not the fuck yeah, you did He,
1: he lie because we've seen him be so fucking petty. Mm-hmm. We've seen him be so petty. So he said, can you forgive him? Yeah.
0: Oh, no, fuck that dog. You lie your ass off. You lie your ass off. Yeah. I'll forgive him too. In that case. But the traumas that he experienced in prison have dug themselves in deep, obviously, and there's no way for it to be healed. And 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 you really in that situation, I think McManus was selfish for standing over him and saying, Do you forgive him? Yes. Brandon, any thoughts
1: on your boy? You can't, you can't force that shit.
0: Mm-mm. No. I don't feel
2: I don't I don't look at it as that deep in this situation. I just look at it as McManus being like Hey man, when you go back out there, like don't do nothing stupid so you get more time. So, you know, you gotta try to get past that. And that's not his job to get past that. But if he needs to go talk to someone to help himself get past that, he doesn't. But McMahon's whole thing is like, you know, he's going back to he's going back to Emerald City, you're going back to Emerald City. We can't have this, you know, you <laughs> can't have this keep escalating. Cause, you know, he said essentially the same thing to What's his face?
0: Schillinger,
2: But Schillinger seemed to be in a different place than um, Beecher, obviously, because he was the one doing all the perpetrating, and he had his comeuppance.
0: But I think
2: McManus's point was trying to say, saying whatever he had to say to get Beecher to calm down, because Beecher was still clearly on edge. Like, when he walked in the room, he's like, do you want to touch my dick? Like, that don't even sound like Beecher. Like, that's not (laughs) the dude that we knew the whole season. So, McManus is probably like, yo, this dude is on the on the brink right now and i need to bring him back down and he was trying to say whatever he had to say to bring him back down
0: it was it's amusing in a way that's not amusing at all to 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 kind of piggyback on what you just said about how uh schillinger was good with the forgiveness because he was the perpetrator of it it's it's Mm -hmm. always interesting to see how quickly the bully is willing to let bygones Mm -hmm. be bygones. Like, you are the reason why all this happened. You don't get to say when this is over. You don't, Mm -hmm. you attacked me, you hurt me, you did this to me. Literally, if I hold a grudge against you for the next 60 years, I'm justified in that hatred because of everything you did to me. And in prison- And,
1: And the lasting effects, not just mentally, but physically, you put a swastika on my ass, dog
0: exactly and 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 not and and the the effects of this happening to beecher in prison cannot be diminished over time like you making him tear up the only pictures he has of his family you tattooing a swastika on his ass you making him wear no, lipstick burn and
1: a swastika that wasn't a tattoo burn.
0: You you making him wear lipstick and, and and denigrating him. You're the reason why he started doing drugs. Like literally, all these things he he started doing
1: drugs to cope with dealing with you. Hmm. Hmm. <sighs> so That's... so I'm what what I loved. Um, what I loved about this episode and what what happens later is the reverse. The reverse of these two, because. Uh, Schillinger is now the new Beecher. Mm-hmm. In 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 this in this episode, Schillinger is the new Beecher, and and Beecher with that with that that quiet menace that he gives him at the end, it's is like he learned from the best, the best at being the worst, but the best nevertheless. Like he he learned from the best, and now he is going to. I exact his vengeance. When,
3: when,
1: when, whenever it doesn't matter. Like whenever you, whenever you see me, it's on.
0: Mm-hmm. If I catch you, if I catch you at the swap meet three years from now,
1: it's I'm trying to take
0: your head off. Just know it and know it's happening. Um. So, next thing that happens, we don't know. Like we talk about the time lapses in this in this show, the time jumps. I'm going to assume that Wellesley's not a horrible smuggler and didn't get caught the very first time she brought cigarettes to Ross. Oh, I hope that wasn't the case. But that's just how it seems. And so she was she, so obvious. She leaves a box of cigarettes under this nigga's pillow, gets eyeball witnessed by McManus. McManus walks her up to his office and they have this conversation.
3: What's going on? There's a rumor that you're bringing contraband into Emerald City. What? It's bullshit, right? Who did you hear this from? Tell me it's not true. It's not true. You're lying to me.
4: No, I'm not lying.
3: I have an eyewitness, Diane, that saw you pass cigarettes to Scott Ross. and I fucking witness. Who? Me. Oh. <laughs> so I'm fired. No, you're not fired. Look, I know that you're worried about money. I know you're worried about your mother and Didi, but this shit has got to stop.
4: Yeah, okay. Okay, I'll put an end to it. Today. Okay. I appreciate the second chance, Tim.
2: So just left it there. Yep. Conversation. Your conversation.
3: Yeah. I know that Ross and your ex were in the same biker gang. Yeah. You should have told me. Yeah. Have you slept with Ross?
4: What? <laughs> well, what is this? You're trying to hurt me for breaking up with you. You're trying to prove to me you've got a dick. He's
2: fucked
1: up.
3: Oh, you know what? I don't need this. I quit.
2: Ah, oh, fuck!
3: I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
5: Are <laughs> you so toxic? You're so-
3: Fucked <laughs> up. Yes, I. I don't know what's going on with me. I, forgive me, please.
4: Forgive you. Okay, okay, I forgive you, I forgive you. You forgave me, we're even. So you'll stay. I got nowhere else to go.
2: This is the tale of two stories. I'm not a parent, but he came in with some grade A parenting to start. That is, mm-hmm. that is excellent parenting skills right there. When you know your child did something, but you know, you got you a feeling they're going to lie to you about it, and so you set them up, with the perfect story to see if they're going to tell you the truth or not tell you the truth. Cause I fell for that before when I was a kid and I <laughs> know that's not how you supposed to do it now as an adult. And he set her up good with that shit. And he, you know, then he was like, listen, don't do that shit. Like we'll try to make it work. Perfect. 10 out of 10. The first half of that conversation, 10 out of 10, you did it perfectly. You should have walked out the door. And, and, they went.
1: and then just turned pure fuck boy yes and then Mm -hmm. he became the herb that
2: he always has been with these women he (laughs) fucked up with the nurse I mean the doctor and he's fucked up with her because he's a fucking herb he doesn't know how to talk to women he doesn't know how to handle himself with them. he gets emotional and then he comes back he's like ah ah fuck I fucked up ah and I fucked up (laughs) He don't know that he don't know how to handle his emotions he goes from up and down with women just up and down up and down so um,
0: it was
1: that is what basically what happened was it was that um the the first episode of martin uh, please tell me y'all see martin but like when he when, when when he gets mad at Gina and then when she gets and then he gets mad and he was like get to Stefan. and then when she goes to actually leave, leave he's like yeah Gina. um like he he basically did the gina 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 thing um where he just completely like he was he wanted to be on hard rock did you fuck him like you know what I mean like calm down dog it's not that serious and then the moment the moment she's like fuck this i'm out he just he just turns into mush it's just like you know I mean he, he did everything with say I'm nothing without you. Like he did everything else. <laughs> like, come on, man. you you're really fucking this up right now. Like you should like, if he would have kept the beginning of that and left the rest alone, he would have been fine.
2: If he had you had know what perfectly on all he, in all fronts, as a worker and in the relationship front, he had her, like if you were just thinking about it as a he's he was like, Yo, I you know, I saw you doing this. You don't got to do this, yo. I know that's not you. We
0: can make this work.
1: He had it on both sides. Even even if he would have stopped at the, I, I I know that they were in the biker gang. That
0: would that could have been the break. That could have been the just. I know they're in the biker gang. Stay away from him. Whole conversation, yeah. full yep. stop. You would have been justifying that whole thing, and then the, out of nowhere, did you fuck him? Because I just want to know if you fucked us both, which is two different levels of just what the fuck. Like, do you mean you fucked like I want to know if you fucked us like me and your you Wellesley both by you having sex with an inmate or did you fuck me and Scott Ross? And I want to know what's going on behind that. So there's a dual-sided way to look at that conversation. Either way it goes, it's really intrusive, and it's not his job to find out. That would be a uh, internal affairs job to find out if she had this relationship. But it's
2: some man shit. It's what the, it's what men do with women. They want to know. Mm-hmm. That, he did some. He did some fuckboy man shit. That like that's just not uncommon. That's men do that shit. All, men do that shit with women. They weren't fucking. <laughs> With women, they don't know. Who you fucking? Did you fuck him? I don't want no parts for that if you did that.
0: And then after she's like, you know what? I fucking, I'm out of here. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, like you would be with the younger sibling. You can hit me back. You can hit me back. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't tell mom. (laughs) Please don't tell the warden. Please don't tell the warden. So then she's like, okay, you forgave me. I'll forgive you. This nigga, I don't know if y'all noticed this. I'm going to go ahead and just replay this one part um because she's like okay you forgave me I'll forgive you and he reverts right the fuck back say you'll stay so that just
4: okay okay I forgive you I forgive you you forgave me we're even
0: say so you'll stay the look on his face is just like he's loking up say you'll stay
1: he does have that he he does have that what set you from look on his face
0: (laughs) it's like he can't get out of his own way he can't leave well enough alone and he does not the only woman that i think he might respect in this entire show thus far might be sister peter marie and that's because he's not trying to fuck her which literally runs into that same ideal that women have which is true about men. and that's the one he should be trying to get she the dumbest old bird in that place but the fact (laughs) is that there's a belief and it's 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 substantiated that men only respect the women that are either elderly or that they're not trying to fuck or that they are trying to fuck rather yeah I might have got that mixed up. Anyway, it goes. He's a fuck boy, and this was completely indefensible. So I'm glad that Brandon was like, "Yeah, he was fucked up for this." Because yes, he's an absolute herb. Why
2: wouldn't I say that? I keep telling you throughout this entire series. I, I, me, Brandon, am capable of seeing more than one thing at once. I am capable of seeing somebody do something good and say it's good, and somebody do something bad and say it's bad. I don't got to defend him. On a blank slate, I don't defend anybody on a blank slate. But if you do something good, I'm gonna give you credit. The first half was good. The bad half was some typical fuckboy shit. Yeah, the first and, half. I, was no, I would. No, the, no, no. This... What I want to
1: say is, no. Hold away, Rashani. Hold on. When 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 shit pops off, I want you to keep that same energy for the warden.
0: I am. Also, I I, I, I want to say this: the way he handled that conversation. <laughs> Falcons, New England Patriots. That's what that was. <laughs> that whole conversation. Like, nigga, you were right there at the end. You were at the end zone. Just you had a huge lead in the first half. You're doing great. Everybody thinks it's over. And then you just choke that whole game up. <sighs> McManus. So Wellesley is shook, as she should be. And she goes and she tells Ross that I can't do this anymore. It's too much stress for me. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> I pretty much own you. If you try and fuck me again, I'll fucking destroy you. I'll tell the Wharton. I there's nowhere for you to run now. That's pretty much the whole conversation.
1: Yeah, because he's just like, yo, I'm gonna be in here forever. So like, they can't possibly give me more time. So like, um, you can join me.
0: Oh, and then you won't. Your daughter won't have a, a mom, and it'll be horrible. What you want to do? Keep bringing me the cigarettes. I own you. Don't ever try and fuck me over again.
5: (laughs) What you gonna do, brother? So
0: (laughs) a new CO comes in because they're still hiring new COs because they suspended the old one. This one's a piece of shit bully. You could tell from the gate that if he had gone on any further, he would have ended up beating somebody up too. Um, They need to screen these people better uh he runs over to Kenny Wangler and he's like what are you doing and he Kenny's like I'm not doing anything and he tells Kenny well do something do nothing somewhere else like what the fuck I've always yeah. hated that
1: Nah, you can tell this dude when when he first came in he is that dude that got picked on in high school and mm-hmm. the, and like this he got a little bit of size on him and now he he wants to be that bully back to other people
0: mhm this is power moment yeah. so he um Goes over. He's staring at O'Reilly and Beecher talking. He's O'Reilly's like, "What the fuck are you staring at?" Or what? You, what?
1: Oh, you didn't mention the fact that uh Kenny was just standing there. But like being the, the fact, that, the fact that this dude stopped at him and didn't investigate anything further, just saw him just standing there, and he like he completely missed the fact that Kenny was being the lookout for people doing drugs right behind
0: him. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to. He sees somebody smaller than him, like you, like 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 we said. He's a bully. He sees somebody smaller than him. He's immediately going to go over there and try and exact his power over somebody who's smaller than him, and also looks like he's in with the gang bangers. So, uh, the next thing is Saeed is like yo. So uh, Amir, I think I think that's a, the his right hand man's name. I gotta I gotta find that out and get it down pat going forward. Uh, but he tells him, look, so here's how the ride's going to start. You're going to bump into a CO and the CO is going to swing on you. Let them hit you. Once they hit you, we're on. <laughs> and so uh, while that's happening, Rebido was in his cell looking hella forlorn. And uh, McManus is like, what's wrong? And Rebodeau's like, I think God lied to me. I don't think I've heard from God this entire time. Uh, I think it's just my powers of reasoning. They also say the Rebido was in jail for murder in the first degree. He stabbed his uh, co-worker in the neck with a his fucking pin.
1: His name is Z- Zaheer Arif.
0: Zaheer Arif. So he told Arif, take the shot. We'll go ahead and we'll back you up. The riot will start. Um, I don't think that when Rebido says he doesn't think God talks to him and he thinks it's always been the power of reason, I say bullshit uh, the reason why is because of the stuff he knew about Beecher's wife. Uh, Brandon, what do you think?
2: I I don't know what to make of Reba though, because but also the way that he reads Saeed mm-hmm. is it, I think there's something more to this, obviously, but I think he's insane. Um, <laughs> I actually, here's the thing I'm starting to think that like. A lot of these people in here are just insane. They don't belong in prison. They need help. Like, that thing we saw with Adabisi later in this episode, like, that nigga's insane. Like, he is not right in the head. And I don't think uh, uh Ribido, you know, he thinks he talks to God. You know, maybe he talks to God. But that sounds like something a crazy person would say in 1997. Yeah, and I would expect that person not to be in the prison, but this, you know he did kill someone. So, ain't this the, yeah? Ain't this the
1: episode where you find out what he did?
0: Yeah, that he stabbed somebody yeah. in the neck with a with a with a a pin. Yeah,
1: was uh, was it a pin or was it a fork?
0: It was something, but he got he shanked him in the neck, and <laughs> because was...
1: because the dude looked at his uh, he had some sort of plans for something, and the is sitting down having a lunch lunch meeting with somebody. They looked over the plans and kind of laughed. He just jabbed the motherfucker in the neck (laughs) and chilled the fuck out. He didn't leave. Like, he didn't. Like, he just.
2: Well, what's his face? What was the dude's name that ate his parents? Gross. He he killed his parents and went and sat in front of the TV, turned the TV on, watched TV, and then went and ate his parents.
0: Like, these these are crazy. crazy folks. These folks is crazy. But also, they might be sociopaths. They might have something else going on. But by and large, I, I wouldn't fuck with none of them. But,
1: but I'm I'm wondering, how did you know? Like, how powerful was that guy that he killed? To where he got the death penalty for that?
0: It's you know, it was 50s. back in the day. Yeah, they it would, was. They, it was back. They in were what, white
2: folks, definitely back. Nineteen sixty-five.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were gonna give him the death penalty for that one. <laughs> you kill somebody, we gonna kill your ass back. So then the next thing that happens, and I've always thought this, is that Father Ray is getting... I feel like the COs and McManus try and be too friendly with the the inmates and kind of overstep their bounds. Um, So Father Ray comes in to talk to Alvarez while Alvarez is talking to a group of Latino folks. It turns out that now he's the leader of the Latino gang. Um, And Father Ray just comes in like, with a bounce in step. Here we go. Uh, could you guys excuse us for a
3: second? Hey, whatever you gotta say to me, you can say in front of them. Take a hike.
0: <clears throat> now, he told them to take a hike. Like, come on now. Who do you think? Man, fuck you. What the fuck is that? Jose Torres got paroled. Lucky prick.
3: So I hear that you're running the gang now. Ain't listening to gossip or sin. Miguel, hey, father. The only reason why I beat the shit out of you just now is because you've been there for me.
0: Don't push your luck. Okay? Real talk like you, you, you doing a lot right now. With I don't know where you thought like you can pet a snake five times, but eventually the snake is gonna bite you.
1: Right, and then and then when you look at why did you bite me? You're like motherfucker, I'm a snake, bitch. I'm a snake. Like I bit a snake. Like you knew I was a snake when I got here.
2: See, I'm not like y'all. I I'm see I am much different. I'm such a forgiving person. Like, I'm just such a forgiving person. I'm not a vengeful person.
0: This sounds like something so, Trump would say, please continue.
2: So, like, I don't, I would, I would absolutely see the best in these folks until they prove me wrong. You know, if you do something terrible, then I'm going to treat you like you did something terrible. But for 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 how many episodes, Alvarez has been trying to do the right thing. It's not like he's been in there doing drugs, beating the shit out of people, killing people. Like for ever since that shit happened with his with with his wife and his unborn child, he's been trying to do the right thing. Every episode we've been around, and so I can see I can see BD Wong being like, "Yo, know, I think he's turned the corner. Like I'm gonna keep working with him. I'm gonna keep making it, being more personal and getting closer but, but to make like sure what, that he gets out."
1: But, but what part of that leads you to walk in a room and go,
0: "Beat it, kids!" Like well, a bunch what, of gangsters in prison,
1: <laughs> exactly. Cause they know
2: you're
0: not
1: gonna, they're not gonna do shit to you, cause you know you're nah. a priest. Mm-mm. And then and then you know, I didn't, well, I didn't notice this the first time, but that motherfucker was cussing at the end of this episode. Like the father was cussing his ass off, and I was like, yo, what, what, what part of the game is this?
0: You know what? Preachers,
1: preachers curse all the time. When I not, see him smoke the I, mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean, yes, preachers, yeah, but a priest.
2: It's the same thing, just different, different denomination.
1: Same
0: mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> so basically, Alvarez like, yo, I will, I, you're lucky. You're, you're just lucky. Just get out of my face right now and just take your luck with you before it runs out. And while he walks back out, the next thing we see is two guys are playing a game of checkers. One guy gets up to go and take a shit.
2: This is the part I missed because I looked, I, something, somebody called me or something happened and I forgot to hit pause. And I looked up, and it's a whole riot going on, and I so, did not know what sparked it. So this I'm is I'm glad
0: you said that because I'm about to tell y'all a tale. Two white guys start fighting over a literal game of checkers. One got up to take a shit, and the other one come while the while he's taking a shit, the other one is still sitting at the table. When the one who took a shit came back, he said, "You moved my pieces," and the first guy says, "No, nah, I didn't." And the guy's like, you moved my pieces every time I get up to take a shit. Like, how many shits are you taking, fam? I'm like, seriously. But he's like, I didn't move your pieces. He be, he be eating that cheese. And yeah. He was like, I didn't move your pieces. So the first, the, the second white guy who was taking a shit takes a dive at the first white guy and jumps over the table like Ray Charles and tackles <laughs> him to the ground. They're fighting. While they're fighting, A random white guy punches the new CO, the bully, in the face. And another random white guy, literally, while the CO is running down from the CO's area to help out, you just see an arm come out from underneath the stairs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That shit was almost like a cartoon.
0: (laughs) And I couldn't help it. I laughed my ass off because he just grabbed his leg and you just see him tumble down. <laughs> that should have came, came with a thunk sound effect. Like <laughs> Boing Boing. Crash. <laughs> so um O'Reilly is standing with a metal laundry basket. He just came out of the uh, out of the laundry room along with Ross, and they're standing right next to the door, I guess, to where the over the observation tower is for eyes for the Emerald City. And so Wellesley has called CL Armstrong for backup. Why she called him in particular, I don't know, but he comes out to help.
1: Yeah, because like shit's popping off. Oh, well, yeah. But why, you, why she called for you, him
0: when there's two people upstairs? That's what I'm exactly. saying.
1: Exactly. But like she called, she look, she calls, one dude answers the phone, and she doesn't say. Both of y'all get your asses here. She like, send Fred. Like, send Fred. We need Fred. No, she bitch. Must I mean, no the, she on. must know the other one, not about it.
0: Nah, I think that she knows he's a drunk. Like that was one who was drinking after the uh after the the, the execution of Groves, but still it, you call for everybody in the midst of a situation like this. You want to call it quickly. So Armstrong comes down the stairs to help out. He opens up the door. The door opens out towards O'Reilly. So he doesn't see O'Reilly and Ross standing behind the door. He comes out the door. O'Reilly takes a metal laundry basket and literally domes this white boy in the head, just takes him out. And then they start stomping him. So now he's down um Ross and O'Reilly <laughs> yeah, then go be- up the stairs to the rest of the observation tower and they start beating up the CEO O'Reilly starts beating up the CEO in the observation tower with a plastic chair <laughs> just molly whopping them um let me see Beecher is downstairs pushing people around like it's a mosh pit Reba looks scared as shit and hides behind a mattress uh Saeed And the rest of the Muslims are still in Saeed's pod just watching this shit happen, planning for a riot that's already happening. Father Ray gets snatched up by the Latino gang that he was just talking recklessly to. Um, And then he calls to Miguel for help. And Miguel's like, bitch. And just looks at him while he's getting beat up. Fuck you, fool. Inmates at this point have surrounded Wellesley in the CO area. All this stuff is happening all at the same time. So at this point in time, uh, the inmates had surrounded Wellesley in the um, in the CO area. It's looking rather grim. And then out of nowhere, <sighs> I, hold on, I gotta get some music for this. Out of nowhere, fucking, <laughs> out of nowhere, Saeed and his boys come out of nowhere
3: fight for what's right fight
2: for your life that's my shit i love this song
3: when it comes crashing down and it hurts inside
0: over our uh, side and all the muslims come crashing out the pod all at the same time and the inmates were surrounding wellesley literally jump over the railing of the CL area <laughs> to avoid they, fighting, they wants no parts of the Muslims, bro. Then no Muslims part. came storming out like Hulk Hogan in '88, fam. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: like with Stone Cold, cleared everybody started stunnering everybody in the building. Like, them
5: that niggas hopped the railing so smooth.
0: Um, oh, gotta go. <laughs> Saeed is standing back, watching with pleasure. Adibisi is broken in the McManus's area with the homeboys, and you got to remember the gangbangers are pretty much the only group who wasn't planning for this. Seriously, planning for this. So their only idea is Operation Chaos. They're throwing death through windows and shit. Um, Dobbins gets shanked by a random guy. Uh, he's laying there bleeding, <laughs> like Dobbins had the worst time in prison. For real? Like what? Like why him? Like what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like he didn't even like he wasn't even bothering nobody. He just happened to be wrong place at the wrong time. Like he got his shit smashed for no
0: fucking reason of his own. So now he just wants to watch TV and be left alone, and somebody <laughs> stabs him up and breaks the TV. <laughs> no, let me tell you the
1: the most the, the most important part of this that I that I noticed, Schillinger, going straight Beecher for this this during this. He went straight beacher. He was hiding. He was looking and he was looking shook. He mm-hmm. damn near, like if he would have had a teddy bear, he would have hugged that bitch and, ro- and, and, sat, and sat in the corner. Like, I, yo, he, he went straight Beecher. It's like all of a sudden it just kind of, it, it just like everything, everything that was in him was just gone.
0: Well, like you said, he wants to see his kids. And I guess he's like, I got to do whatever I can. Um, after gets, after Dobbins Shabins, after Dobbins gets shanked by a random inmate, uh, Jackson Bayhew pushes Augustus into more inmates like a bowling ball. Adabisi <laughs> is sitting in a chair in McManus's office literally blowing a party horn. Um, the next thing you see is Glenn giving directions of how to deal with the riot. Uh, McManus is outside of Emerald City and he's completely unaware of what's going on. The inmates have barricaded the entrance to Oz. Uh, they are burning mattresses, and they're breaking TVs, and hella shit is popping off. Everything's going crazy. And Saeed has finally walked out. And this nigga, you know what? I shouldn't call him a nigga because I, I respect. No, this nigga, you know what? This nigga pulls out his gun. That uh, CL Woods gives him, and I bet we ain't got attention. no other
1: name for he got no other name for him, CL Wood, <laughs>
0: and gets their attention.
2: Why does he have a child?
5: Now
1: let's get organized. Did someone say, okay, I need you to deliver this line, but I need you to go full Vince McMahon with this line.
0: I thought he went more like the the dude from the Warriors. (laughs) Can you dig it?
1: I thought that initially, but but like in seeing it again, that was very much Vince McMahon.
2: But this is pre-Vince McMahon being the character. Mm-hmm. So he he started this shit.
0: And I, just, character yet. I just want to point out that um, Saeed pulls out the gun uh, that Woods, who's conspicuously absent for this entire part, so I wonder if he was just really there to drop that gun off and then go back to his original area. Uh, but he pulls out the gun and licks a shot in the air, that's the all y'all motherfuckers who said the pullout method doesn't work. Boom. Um, I'm, I'm here for this entire part. Glenn tries to find out who's in charge. And at that point in time, Said comes walking up. And you could tell that this is literally this nigga's moment in the sun. It's about Saeed.
5: If you have to ask Glenn, we got a long day ahead of us.
2: So fucking arrogant. He
1: is. They pl- should have they should have plugged his ass right then and there. I'm sorry. If you want if you want, <laughs> like it's obvious who was in charge at that point. And then you know what? If if they would if they would have shot Saeed right then and there, all of the rest of this shit would have fell apart.
2: Hell his, no, it would have been a it would have been a
1: riot it
0: would have been a no, massacre it would have
1: been a massacre but
0: they would have known that new business they knew business they,
1: they would have known you meant business and the you know without the head the rest of this stuff falls apart. Because they spend the rest of this time trying to keep this shit together, mm-hmm. and and like you know, gotta run, gotta run this shit by all of the leaders. But like, none of the leaders were on the same accord. Like, Saeed was the man with the plan. So, and I've and and that seems pretty fucking obvious to everyone here, you know? It, they cheering his name, like he's like he did everything, but say, are you not entertained? Like he did everything. Yeah, um, but that's the point.
2: See, here's what happens. In situations like this where you have a bunch of unorganized, unpredictable, uh, loose cannons, you need someone to keep them in line. Because what what happens is if Saeed goes down, there's no telling what the rest of them dudes are going to do. And so you're going to be getting into a shootout in the prison and yeah you're going to end up winning because you got guns but a lot of your people are going to die and it's going to be a big fucking massacre all over the news like bigger than this it's going to be like 35 40 50 inmates slaughtered by the prison guards like it's going to be a big massacre but when you have someone like Saeed in charge you can be like okay you know at least we know what he's about He's not about to let them just go nuts and just start murdering folks. Like he's trying to accomplish something. Let's at least hear him out. Is at least we can buy some time to figure out how to end this shit with the least fatalities as possible. And that's what they did. That's what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean the the, the only the only part of that plan that could have fell apart is like you shoot Saeed and then all of the hostages are severely at risk at that point. I get it. They're all I, murdered. I get it, but. I mean, you know, being on the outside looking in, if you were to plug Saeed, all of this shit would have fell apart.
0: The way I look at it, Saeed is like Cyrus the Virus in uh, Con Air. And all the other inmates are like Johnny 27 or Johnny 23, whatever that dude's name was, who was like, I raped a million... uh, for every woman I've I've raped, I've I've etched something on my chest, and they just wanted to hurt the COs. They didn't have a plan. Saeed had the plan, and he had the gun. So that's why his plan was working. But I love watching Saeed put his koofy back on. Like, you know that that was a moment of victory for him above all else. Um, so far, we are looking at COs who are injured um, and then Dobbins is injured. And for some reason, after everything that he's done to Dobbins, he is now, Jackson Bayhew is being tasked. Oh, wait, before we get to that. Saïd goes into a room with Adebisi, Ross, Alvarez and O'Reilly. And he's like, yo, we need to get a list of demands to send out to, uh, to, to Warden Glenn. Saeed says, I recommend starting a council so then we can talk about this. Ross is like, I recommend you give one of us the gun.
1: It's like, no.
0: <laughs> no, fam. No, that's not going to happen. No. So instead of him giving up the gun, he puts Ross in charge of food distribution Atabese is in charge of miscellaneous actions anything else that happens. Alvarez is in charge of the hostages and O'Reilly's the spokesman to Glenn. Um, I just want to point out at this point in time that that means that the KKK is in charge of food. The gangsters are in charge of nothing like they really are just wherever their mind takes them to.
1: But I got a real question here. yes what well, we found out later, um, what food did they have access to because um like not too long into this like there there's a problem with food so like what food did they have access to, to
0: from the beginning in the first place right no clue no clue whatsoever I, I I honestly don't know what power he was giving to Ross other than to say I'm just trying to keep you all away from this fucking gun Return to Oswald. We'll be back after this brief break. Hey, y'all. This is Derek. We want to thank y'all so, so much for taking time out to listen to this show. What we'd like for you to do right now, wherever you're at, is screenshot your phone, iPad, or whatever you're listening to the show on, and send it to us on Twitter at Return to Oswald. We'll retweet it to everybody and show that you're a part of the family. Also... If you'll be so kind as to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast at and subscribe and follow, we'll greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and back to the show. So, after everything that Jackson Bayhew has done to Eugene Dobbins, like literally everything that's happened in prison to Eugene Dobbins, with the exception of eating ground-up glass, is Jackson Bayhue's fault.
1: I will say one thing, though. In a, I don't know. I don't know what. I would just say good, um, acting moment. When he broke that cello, he made that face like, "What the fuck am I doing?" Like he did. Like there was a there was a moment right after he broke it that he actually like was like, "Yo, I'm wilding right now." So like, it, so this isn't like an immediate shift. But like after he broke that, you can see on his face and and like at the time it happened, you saw his face where he's just like, what the fuck
0: is wrong with me? Yeah, but we're still this is still the same conversation in a different way that we were talking about with Schillinger and Beecher. Like you can have a moment of clarity as a bully and realize I'm doing some fuck shit. Doesn't mean you didn't do all this fuck shit. Like everything that happens to Beecher is, or everything that happens to Dobbins is literally Veyhue's fault. True. So uh, after all this stuff happens, after all the shit that he did to Dobbins throughout Dobbins' time in the facility... Dobbins is lying on the floor, uh bleeding out after getting shanked because he's sitting next to the TV instead of being in the gym. The nigga could have been in the, in, in the cafeteria practicing his cello had um uh, not broke his shit. I'm just saying. They both would have been okay, but this happens. And I'm just playing the replay of everything that's happened between Dobbins and, and Bayhue because I want to hear Scar's favorite quote again. And yeah, you my yes. That's me? Fucking wrong model. It's priceless to me. And uh, that's why it's locked in the chaplain's office. You gonna do what I tell you to
5: do. I'm just gonna fuck you up. Hey Jackson, you leave Dobbins alone. You butt out of this, all right? Hey, this is all I can find. They burned everything else. Oh shit! That don't look good, man. Oh, fuck, I had a friend in a fight get stabbed like that. He died in the middle of Plasky uh, Boulevard. was don't get to a hospital soon. He gonna be trading that cello in for a heart. Oh, this fucking guy is goddamn. And hey,
3: you broke it, didn't uh, you?
5: Didn't you? No, 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 no. no, no. You gotta take whoa, whoa, him whoa, to whoa. ER. Yo, whoa, I, whoa, whoa, no! I, hell, I go out there and kick my fucking ass. They're gonna be kicking our asses anyway, brother. Right. I mean, no, hey, this ain't my fault, Hill. Yo, he is definitely not my problem, man. I did not start all this shit, Hill. What difference does it make, huh? Look, you think because of who you are, you can pick and choose when to take responsibility. You can't. Sometimes you got to step up, all right? Look at
3: him. Hey, look at him. Dobbins, that cello, that's all he had, man. It's like me in that chair. It's, it's who he was. It's like you in basketball. Come on, come
5: on, up, on. All right, all right, look, all right, fuck it, fuck it. Yo, yo, fuck it. I've been hit before. All right, come on, come on. I just grab him, man. Come on, come on, Dallas. Open the gate. Come on. Come on, yo. Oh. I gotta get Dom to the hospital. Fuck Dom. Yo, let us out. <laughs> yeah, let him out, man. Hey, hey, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What fuck. What's up, bro? That's... dying, man. Let's dump, <laughs> let's dump him before he starts getting moldy. All right. Okay. What about Sayid and Alvarez?
4: If you vote yes, that's the majority. We don't need them at all. This is what I'm saying. The three of us hang together, talk so our bitch.
0: Okay. So, first of all, as you heard, um, Augustus pretty much shames Jackson into helping out Dobbins, and they you knows Jackson knows once he goes through those gates, as the first inmate going through those gates, he gonna catch the worst. And Augustus is like, nigga, this is all your fault, basically. Second thing that I noticed is that Augustus has gotten kind of a, I mean, I know he sees the Dobbins as hurting and all that, but it's kind of, he's gotten quite a fascination. I think he's just addicted to the idea of people. Because he's kind of attached to Dobbins, like please yeah, don't die. I
1: think, yeah, I think he's ad- addicted to exceptional people in mm-hmm. his eyes—people who are exceptional—and that's the reason why he switched from the basketball player he admired to a musician he admires. And you know, they ain't really a whole lot of people to admire in that place.
0: Mm-hmm. Just like when, and so when he told McManus you're a star fucker, it turns out that Augustus is actually the star fucker. What are you gonna say, Brandon?
2: No, I got nothing to say here.
0: Okay, so. Then um, O'Reilly, who's always thinking one step ahead, realized that he, uh, Atabisi and Ross have voting power over Saeed because there's three of them and there's only Saeed and Alvarez. So they decided they're going to go ahead and let uh, Dobbins get sent out for medical help.
1: Nigga, they hit him before he puts Dobbins down exactly like, <laughs> they hit him and he drops the dude who was dying <laughs> like you can clearly see this is bleeding like crazy and they hit him before he can actually like get this dude to safety and he drops him so like uh, uh, do we even know what happens to him after the fact I guess we don't right now but uh but yeah they I like the their idea is to hit him first and that's fucked dude.
0: And then on top of all that, what they do is Dobbins, who's been, again, stabbed in the torso multiple times, falls on his chest or falls on his uh, on his torso. So he's laying there
1: and they pick him up by his arms and drag him with his torso being stretched Mm -hmm. because his legs are being dragged on the ground behind him.
0: Mm -hmm. And a creepy scene that happens afterwards, Augustus picks up Dobbins uh, cello. Uh, string or cello, bow, Bo. bow, and starts playing an invisible cello. Um, that shit was just weird. I don't know. Yes, yes, very. But um the next thing that happens is, oh, before that happens, I'm sorry, McManus is just standing there watching all this shit happen around him, looking, feeling sorry as hell for himself. Um, Schillinger is still in his cell hiding. But you can't hide from Beecher forever because Beecher the, knows where you live.
1: And this is the role
0: switch. <laughs> and this is my scene of the episode.
4: Hello. Hope you don't mind, I got to take a shit. Beecher, listen. Hey. You know, I'm standing here thinking about all the good times we've had, you and me. I don't want to fight. Oh, no. Of course not. You get into a fight, you fuck up your parole. And I hear for the next three months, you're gonna be a good little boy so you can get out of Oz save your two sons. You know, I think that's great. But you know what I'm wondering? What if Vern doesn't get out? What if as he comes up for parole, he gets into a brawl, a knockdown drag out with his old roomie? What if every time he comes up for parole, Vern gets into some ugly incident and has to serve his entire sentence? And his two sons, they become monsters. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering about. Prag.
1: I got it. Beecher it's sets himself, just Beecher sets himself up though. Like, like you know that this dude is not just gonna he's not just gonna roll over and let you do whatever the fuck you want to him, even though he wants to get out of that place. So like what
2: Chillages so just should have went in the gin pop. For his last three months he ain't got and no juice
1: could. in jim he ain't got no juice in jim pop to survive like that's that's you know based off of what rashawn he said earlier like they were talking to him reckless they put him in a cell with a black dude like he ain't got no juice out there at least he got a little bit and he got a little cover um being under ross like ross you know him and ross are homies so like yo i got you know you know, like the thing like when Beecher first got out of the hole and like all of the all of the skin was standing outside, like we see you nigga, like you know what I'm saying? Like, so like at least at least he knows that there's somebody in M City that got his back. He ain't got that in Jim Pop.
0: And like we said last episode, Schulinger ain't no fighter. Nope. You see, when he went up against a drug dealer, he had a weapon in his hand. Schillinger ain't no hand to hand. And in a fair one, he gonna lose, and Beecher don't have shit to shit to lose anymore. So mm-hmm. he's fucked either way it goes. He should have stayed in Jinpop, but he would have been fucked in Jin because he would have said the wrong thing. And I'm sure that there's kites that could be sent that the the inmate that he was rooming with would have probably stabbed him up because he's with the ABB. So I mean, I'm just looking at this from a from a real standpoint that Beecher was literally in a camp or Schillinger was literally in a can't-win situation. And I'm here for all of it because fuck that dude. So the next thing is Wellesley is talking with the COs in the area where they have all the COs as hostages. She's talking with them about how to escape um, when Alvarez opens up the, the door and brings CO Ross into the hostage area. After he leaves out, Father Ray has asked if he and Alvarez are close still and Ray says that he thought they were until Miguel let his homeboys take him without a second thought, which again, you're completely just forgetting about the part where you were talking greasy to a bunch of gangbangers. Like, dude, I mean, it's, it's bad timing. It's completely bad timing that you, right before the riot popped off, you were popping shit. Like the first time you started talking shit and feeling yourself, a riot pops off and the same people you were talking to on the way up is the same people who beating your ass down. Um, So uh, Ray is like, Father Ray is, seems like sad almost. Like I thought we were friends. I thought I was getting close to him until he let his friends take me without batting an eye. And C.O. Ross spoke absolute facts when he said, Yeah, what the fuck do you think he's gonna do? If Alvarez had stood up for you, they would have killed him. If he had lifted a finger to help you, they would have killed him. Like you gotta st- Father Ray is hella naive. Like he, you know that he got sent there from a, a diocese. He was sent there as punishment. He's never had to deal with this stuff before. He's hella naive. Uh Adebisi is getting all the drugs he can eat. And O'Reilly tells him that he's gonna have to slow down on the tit intake, um, or else they're gonna run out and he doesn't want him detoxing on him. Adabisi tells him that he thinks the <laughs> O'Reilly worries too much. But as we see later on, at the very moment they're talking, uh Scott Ross and Kenny Wangler start fighting at the gate because you got the KKK and the brothers guarding the gate together. O'Reilly stops him and says, this is what Saeed wants. Um, he wants us to fight and kill each other and then he's going to kill whoever's left over. Like, eh, that's a stretch, but okay.
1: Yeah, I ain't, and he got one gun. Like, ain't that many bullets, though.
0: Mm-hmm. Got like maybe 16, but I'm thinking it's nine shots in that. Um, what,
1: I mean, I mean, his, 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 his one in the hole is already gone.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Miguel comes over to see if they can get medical attention for the COs because Miguel goes in there and tries to do, he pulls up with the first aid kit and tries to patch up, uh, one of the COs is laid out and they're like, you can't do that. You need to get us help. So he goes to see if he can get, if they vote to help out the COs, of course, uh, O'Reilly votes, fuck them. No. Ross votes fuck him first. He just got done with a fight. He's he's hot. He's like fuck him. At like nope. And then uh, Alvarez is like, it's it's up to you, O'Reilly. You can your vote. It's two two either way. And O'Reilly says, what are you gonna do for my vote?
1: Exactly. He he he's playing politics now. Like he's he 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 knows how to play this game so. He well. is the
0: Mitch McConnell. Yes. <laughs>
1: You want your two G's? What do I get?
0: What, what What do I get? What What do you want for this? So Alvarez is like I ain't giving you shit, and so O'Reilly's like, well, then let the fuckers die. Um, at the same at at this time, Governor Devlin has now stepped into the fray. He has now joined the battle. You have a new challenger, and his idea is essentially to cut the electricity and storm the cell block uh, and send the sort team in. He's already going to send in the National Guard to surround Oswald. Uh, McManus volunteers at that point to take food to the inmates in exchange for getting to see the hostages.
1: Yep, that's what I said about the food stuff. Because they, they in the, but also they had um, the the conversation that we just missed is their list of demands because they, they talked about the list of the demands to the governor at this mm, point.
0: Mm-mm, mm-mm, nope. I that's thought it was later. not yet. Not that's that's yet. Later. Yeah, okay. trust me. Like I said, I got the notes. What were you saying, Brandon?
2: How how magnanimous of McManus putting his life on the line to give food to the inmates?
0: Nah, nah. How magnanimous of McManus to go in there to make sure Wellesley is okay?
2: Exactly. Okay, so what? That's still magnanimous. <laughs> he didn't have to do that. He putting his he does, life on the line. He's not worried
0: about anybody else in there but Wellesley.
2: It's okay. So what? If Nisha was in there, would you give a fuck about anybody else or would you put your life on but the Nisha, line? Nisha is his wife.
0: She's my wife. Well, no. Wellesley Wellesley is his, his girl. No, they broke up. Remember, mm-hmm. she said that's why we broke up. <laughs> Are you getting revenge on me for us breaking up? She says that to him.
2: Mm-mm. He's a magnanimous person. He didn't have to do that. He put his life on the line to go in there to yeah. give the people food, to check on the inmates, to talk to Saeed, to try to reason with Saeed. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to do any of
0: those things. That's too no, big he, big big. Didn't, that's no he
1: didn't try to reason with Saeed until the, the, the ghost of prisoners past that, showed up.
0: That, that's too many <laughs> characters used to say he just wanted to go in there and make sure Wellesley was safe. And his whole idea was, I need to get Wellesley out of here. So McManus goes in and he bargains for two COs to be released because they're like, we're not fucking letting <laughs> Wellesley go. Scott Ross will not let Wellesley go for anything. Everybody else like, yeah, I don't care. We'll let the two inmates go or the two COs go and Wellesley. And Scott Ross like, no, I need her here with me. So in addition, while they're taking one of this,
1: because one of the COs is really fucked up. We didn't (laughs) really mention that. One of them was really fucked up. The other one got fucked up because he, (laughs) because he tried to, he tried to run his mouth. Like you are not in the position to run your mouth, dog.
2: Yeah.
0: Yep, and there and was then, one they hand,
2: then they handcuffed
0: and locked up McManus's ass. But that's because, in exchange, he offers himself up for an, in exchange for these two who need help, and they're still not going to let it happen until Saeed tells them straight up, Yo, well, McManus says if these two die, it's on y'all, it'll be murder, you'll get the chair. And then Saeed's like, Yeah, that's a good idea, let's get them out of there. They all vote to let them out. Um, while they're exchanging the COs, O'Reilly gives the officers a letter to Wharton Gwynn, which explains the exchange and also elicits demands. Their demands are they want to speak to the media uncensored, they want no reprisals or repercussions from the riot, they want the cigarette ban fit or lifted, and they want conjugal visits. That's it,
1: right?
2: And it's like, well, okay, hold on. First of all, that's not that much. Mm-mm. I will say this. No repercussions for, you know, we don't know if people are going to die yet is a little much. I'd have been like, well, let's wait to see if anybody dies.
0: Let me give you a story real quick. Let me give you a story real quick. When Kenny, my my son, Kenny, Kenny, Ken, Ken, and, and my daughter, Gogo, were like eight and seven. They did something. They fucked up. And uh, no, nope, they might have been 10 and 9 because this was something that they wouldn't have thought of when they were 8 and 7. But they have fucked up. They, they, they were getting in trouble. They were standing in front of the uh, sounding board, which is me and Nisha, Nisha and I. And I say to them, all right, y'all know y'all did this. Whoop-de-whoop. We've already had the conversation. What do you think should happen to you? Kenny looks at me. And says, nothing.
1: (laughs) I mean, if you go ask me.
0: And because I had asked him and I was like, what do you want to happen to you? He said nothing. I had to let him go. Hey, they set the rules. I set the parameters. He gave me the answer. I had to respect that answer. Have a good day.
1: You left the door open. He had to walk through it. But right, he left
2: the it open. loophole
0: was there. So yeah, I was so see, impressed. You didn't
2: make proxy. it a negotiation. They made it a negotiation. I'd have been like, all right, you know, you know, if, on the condition that no one dies, because you know, if like three people were dead, like I can't let, <laughs> I can't let three people dead go. But this is where I got mad at Glenn, mm-hmm. because this motherfucker has no courage at all.
0: None. Against the governor who pays his salary? Go get another fucking job. Listen.
2: <laughs> Listen, man. I've quit a job before, okay? He is, as a, as a warden, he's making good money. He ain't broke. He is not broke at all. He has... He can go get another job, all right? At some point, you got to have some integrity unless you support this shit. It's like the people that work for Trump, right? It's the people that work for Trump for four years, and then now they're like, oh my God, this I you know... It was really bad, but I just stayed because I no, you didn't. You stayed because, in some way, shape, or form, you supported that shit. I At some point,
0: that, I actually gotta... thought that that Glenn was okay in the way that he tried to stand up for the inmates in this one. He literally said, "These aren't big things that are asking for." Yes, and, and then and then the governor
2: said, "Fuck, everything. I'm not doing any of that shit." And the Glenn said, "Well, you know." How do you want me to handle it? He didn't push back at all. Not a single solitary pushback. But he yeah, never just,
0: pushed back against the governor. That's in my any, point. But we got to see. That's why see I hate him. We got to see that. He has no He has no courage. Where's the courage
2: of your convictions? You got to stand for something. As much as y'all hated McManus, if that was McManus, you don't think he would have said something back?
0: He 100%. Have. He would have said something back. But we've already stated that the reason why he would have said something back is because A, that's not his boss, and B, white privilege. It, I mean, this is no.
2: This and, is he not got, a,
1: no, no. and he, not a gonna homeboy. Let you, and he no. got a homeboy that's a senator that, that helped him out before. I am not yes. going to let
2: you get away with white privilege on this one. This ain't about white privilege. This is about Glenn not wanting to fuck up the money. Period. That's it. Point blank. Period. He's like, I, what, you know. Whatever it takes, man. Like I'll do any immoral shit I have to do as long as you don't fire me, sir. Because there's nothing I could possibly do <laughs> in the world besides be a warden and work for you. I I, said, I, I I, just want to keep being warden, sir. You want me to soft shoot? The <laughs> <laughs> do, sir. We're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way. And Glenn's just like, Ooh. you're going to have to burst in there and murder these people. So I so what, what exactly?
0: I, I do have to ask this. I have to ask this question. You're in Warden Glenn's spot. Devlin is saying that he's not going to negotiate. He's not doing none of this shit. What's your comeback to him?
2: When Devlin says, we're going to do this the old-fashioned way by storming the place like a massacre, I say, I'm like, sir, I'm like, dude, I want no parts of this. I'm writing my resignation letter to you right now.
0: And he still shoots up the place.
2: It's not on me. It's not you on you have, anyway. It's not your it right idea. You. It, it is on you when you allow it to happen. Because if they shoot the place and then he goes right back to being in charge the next day, that's on him. He's a part of that. He
1: is a part of that. You don't get to separate yourself. From no, but that. this was the governor's decision. So, like, what? What? I mean, the governor is going to supersede anything that he wants to do.
0: It's as called a wedding. governor's I mean, order not. for a reason. It's not the warden's yeah, office, and that's
2: why you give your resignation. And say, I don't want any parts of this. Because when the governor does that, and you are still in charge, guess what? You are a part of that. If you work at a place, you can leave at any time and not be a part of that decision. So the only thing that was satisfactory
0: to you would have been him quitting his job. What? You just said that. The only thing that would have have placated you is if the warden had said, you know what? You're going to go ahead and shoot all these motherfuckers anyway. I'm going to quit. Yes, because I'm not gonna be part of
2: this. Cause what? They're gonna shoot the people, and then you're gonna be like, well, you know, back to being warned next week, guys. Let's let's get back to work. Nothing happened here. No, you are complicit in that. You are just like the people with Trump. Them people with Trump didn't tell Trump to do all those things. They didn't tell some of the people didn't tell all those people to brush their capital, but they did that shit. They're complicit. You put your foot down and say, I'm out of here. Like soon as something gets too far, like I said this in the previous episode. There is a line. This governor has passed the line many times, many, many times. Mm -hmm. Glenn has no control over him, clearly. Usually there's some pushback, right? Usually the governor's like, you know, you're the warden, you're the expert. You know, know, I'm still going to make the final decision, but let me consider what you're going to say. I'm going to take that into consideration and then make a decision. This dude is not listening to you at all, in the slightest. He has no respect for you. At all, He has no respect for your authority. He does not respect any of your expertise or your knowledge. You are a figurehead to him. You are a black figurehead to say that I put a black man in charge, but I'm going to run all the shit. and Anything that goes bad is going to be your fault. And anything that happens good, I'll take credit for in the public. And if you keep letting that happen, it's because you want that to happen. You give your resignation and you walk away. That's what you do in that situation.
0: Well, I mean, there it, it's clear that the governor's a racist yeah. um, or that he has no respect for the inmates at all because of the way he says, I don't negotiate with animals. Like it is very clear at that point in time, but I don't know. I don't know. We can argue that till the cows come home, which we probably would because, you know, that's what, that's what we do. We, we discuss these things. Um, the next thing that happens is that it goes back to, so Devlin rejects all of their demands. He says he doesn't negotiate with animals. Instead, he's going to take the cell block back by force. At this point in time, uh, Eddie Ross wants McManus to know exactly what he thinks about him. This is all your fucking fault, McManus.
5: Shut up,
4: Eddie. No.
0: God damn it. If I'm going to die. At least I want the bastard who got me whacked to know it. How can you believe Tim? How? Because all this... Emerald City bullshit cuz Tim thought he could help these cocksuckers I've seen you in action, pal. I've seen you fumble a fucking ball every single play. I Just hope if we do die, I get to watch you go first While That's he's saying that
2: rich that is fucking rich of you You are one of the main reasons why this place is fucked up the COs and cops are allowing people to sneak into rooms and kill each other, setting up dudes to fight each other to the death in the gym, passing drugs into people. Y'all are the reason that his stuff isn't working. Not him. They are the reason. The COs are the reason. They're the biggest objection to progress in Oz.
1: No, they're the biggest gang in
2: Oz. Yeah.
0: They are the, the biggest, biggest gang, gang in, in the city.
2: Uh, Talking about it's your fault. He even said it. You tried to make these people better people. Yeah. Yeah. How could you want to do that?
0: I mean, if we're going to blame McManus for something, though, if we are going to point blame at him for anything, he has been laxing his duties because he is so, just like with Wellesley. He could have fired Wellesley and been completely justified in it. Twice. Yeah, Twice could've. now. But because they were fucking... And because he fucked up the second time around. So there are certain times where he's derelict in his duties and in his decision making, which might lead to issues. There are times where he should have done something and he didn't because he felt a little bit too strongly about the inmates. There are times that he choked a 16 year old kid out because he felt too strongly about what he was trying to get through. But Maybe. that's not why
2: they're in the situation. That's bullshit. That's he said, <laughs> you tried to help these people and that's why we're in the situation. That's He's mad that McManus wants to make a better prison. And but, he thinks you shouldn't have a better prison.
1: But you said it yourself. A lot of these people probably shouldn't be in prison. They should be getting some other some other sort of help mentally. Like yes. the prison isn't enough. But so, that's like, for
2: 2021 hindsight. They weren't doing that in 1997. Of so course. in 1997 times, this is about as progressive as you can get for a prison. Today, yeah, in 2021, yeah, it's different. But in 1997, the stuff that McManus is saying, the COs in real if this was real, the COs would act the exact same way towards a real life McManus as they do in this show. What the fuck you mean you want to give them rights? You want to respect them. You want to hear from them. You want to rehabilitate them. They're criminals. They're animals. They, he even says it. They're animals. Why are you trying to improve the life of these animals? And, you know, y'all are the reason why they can't get improved. You know, it's, some people won't improve. Right. There are people like we got to like I say this all the time. with like people today. Like there are some people who just aren't going to get better. They're going to keep doing the wrong thing over and over and over again. That's why we're, I know we're going to talk about it, but that's why like Saeed comes off as like a prison abolitionist. And that's mm-hmm. why while I listen to prison abolitionists. I am not a prison abolitionist. I believe you can do both. I believe you can do all the justice stuff he was talking about outside of prison. But also, there's going to be a place for people who, even despite all those things, will still do bad things. But, you know, we'll get to that point when we get there.
0: And so at that point in time, uh, McManus literally looks up and sees dead people. So he asks to speak to uh, Saeed.
3: So when the tear gas cleared...
0: He says to Said that he recognized that uh, what's happening in the cells right now, what's happening in the in Oswald prison right penitentiary right now, is the same thing that happened when he uh, lived in New York near a little prison called Attica, and so he's talking with Saeed and he's really just trying to. Uh, let him know that the governor's gonna go Attica on them all. I think he's hoping that Saeed is going to say, okay, what do you need me to do to help stop this? But fuck you, McManus. 31 inmates
3: and nine hostages were dead. Attica. Three of my friend's fathers were shot. Instead of going to a birthday party, I went with my family to a,
5: uh, Memorial service. So that's what this is all about. Emerald City is your birthday party. Look. I built M-City
3: because I want to make a better world for you, for all of you. Right now, we're on the edge of oblivion. We're on the brink of disaster. Now before we all join hands and jump, I want another chance.
5: Not mine again. Yes, it is! No, it's not! Because even the best prison wouldn't be good enough. (sighs) I'm gonna try one more time with you, McManus. No, I am not saying that the men in Oz are innocent. I am saying they are not here because of the crimes that they committed, but because of the color of their skin. The lack of education, the fact that they are poor. You see, this riot is not about getting smoking back, conjugal rights. It's not even about life in prison. It's about society taking responsibility. It's about the whole horrid judicial system. And we don't need more prisons, bigger prisons, better prisons. We need better justice. Now, what can you do?
3: If we don't resolve this, you and me, and soon,
5: people will die. You could die. I am willing to lay down my life for change. Now, those deaths the Attica, they brought real changes, with real reforms. But everybody's forgotten the lessons of your little hometown. Time to wake this country up again. Saeed, we got to talk. You want to save this place, right? And I want to destroy it. Brick by hypocritical
2: brick. This is where I turned on Saeed. Really? Right here. Yes.
0: This is where I turned on Saeed. So I do a lot of... Um these health surveys and they put things side by side. Would you rather walk a mile or stop eating sugar? Would you rather uh, work out or walk a mile, things like that? And you select one and the other one goes away. And then it just keeps stacking them over and over again.
1: Does it all include walking a mile?
0: No, no, but eventually (laughs) it shows you what's the most important to you. So this is Brandon's two top stars, two top heroes in this show. Going side by side, and Brendan is voting for McManus. I am not shocked at all. Go ahead. Here's the reason why nothing
2: Messiah said was wrong. I agree with everything he said. The, f- the fuck is McManus supposed to do about that shit? Like, you're talking about wait, a large wait, societal wait, issue.
0: <laughs> wait, he has no control over. Wait, but the warden is supposed to stop the governor.
2: No, I never said the warden's supposed to stop the governor. I you said, said the warden's supposed to quit because there's nothing yes. he can... I said the warden should walk out and not be a part of that. You have a choice to be a part of something or not. If I say, yo, Rashani, on our show, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to be super homophobic. You can either quit the show or you can stay on the show. And if you quit the show, I can continue to be homophobic, but you made the decision that you're going to leave the show and not have it be a part of you, right? True. You left that. You made that decision not to be a part of that. So this is my part with Saeed. He's hundred percent correct with everything he said. McManus has nothing to do with any of that. I mean, I was a white man, part of you know, he's part of, he's part of it, but he can't fix any of that. He can't fix any of that issue. What? He's so what, talk Saeed him to senator. What? Saeed? Yeah, he's already done that. Obviously, what McManus is trying to do is like, listen. This is the one thing I can do. Like I, I he's basically saying, yeah, yeah, you're right, but. It's not going to end up what you're doing. And then here's the other part. Saeed says, I'm willing to lay my life on the line for this. Great. Who put you, who made you the person to make the decision that you're going to lay all these other people's lives on the line? McManus said 31 people died and six hostages. Saeed is basically saying, if 31 people die here, fine. It's worth it to me. It may be worth it to you, but is it worth it to them? Right? You got us people... He has gotten so full of himself, where he's just like, "I'm going to make this real life change with this." But if you actually take a step back and look at it, he's having a prison riot in a subsection of a of one prison. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to change the world. It wouldn't no matter what happens. It's not going to change the world. I get what he's saying. He's not wrong. I'm never. I'm not disagreeing with him. I'm saying in this situation, he McManus is basically like, "Listen, I get what you're trying to do." But what's going to happen at the end of this day is not going to be good for any of us. I'll get—I'll give, give you a quick analogy. And I'll let y'all go. It's like—it's like when the right-wing people in the world like stock up on guns, right? And they're like, "I'm gonna load up on guns so in case the government does this, I can—we can protect ourselves and overthrow the government." Y'all are never beating the government. Y'all are not right. beating the United States military. They
1: got army guns.
2: <laughs> no, no matter what y'all do, y'all are not beating the United States military. They can kill y'all with drones. I don't care how many AR-15s y'all have and y'all march down the line. AR-15
1: ain't got shit on the tank, dog.
2: Yes, if they want to take you out, they will take you out. What McManus is saying is, yes, you are are right. What I'm trying to say to you is, this dude is about, this governor racist piece of shit who doesn't give a single flying fuck about y'all, who thinks y'all are the scum of the earth, is about to bring the military in here to mow y'all down to pieces. And then he's going to go to the news and say it was a riot. They were about to kill hostages and we had to do what we had to do. And everything that you stand for will be for not. Let's try to do something so that what you stand for stands for something. That's what I think. I think,
1: I think it's a little bit of Saeed. Um, it's two things, really. It's his. Um, he, he definitely has a God complex. Um. It, that seems very evident through even his planning of how this was supposed to go, um, and that the that power that comes with being the only motherfucker in here with a gun, mm-hmm. and I think that is starting to get to him a little bit. To whereas and like the the speech that he gave was fucking phenomenal, and I'm like, where, where were you when we needed a spokesperson for Black Lives Matter? But um. Yeah. <laughs> but we, what but like that I think the power is really gone to his head and like I get it if the the being able to freely speak to the press was probably yes. was what would have been the only thing that he could have got out of this that would have actually helped his cause but it's fairly obvious the governor ain't gonna give you that. So what what do we do now? And I think that's what what McManus's whole thing. Like, what do we do now? Like this this is not gonna go your way. We've already know we already know this isn't gonna go your way. He was in that room when he heard the governor say "fuck them niggas." Um. So like, I I for on this scene, I'm with you. On this one scene, I'm with you.
0: Thank you. So I don't really give a fuck about McManus, no matter what. He can walk off a cliff and fall on a stone that goes straight through his pee hole and rips his urethra in half. Um, so the next thing that happens is that O'Reilly comes in and says, yo, Saeed, we got a problem. And the problem is, and again, I don't know what the time elapsed is. The amount of time this passed this has been, but out is fucking fiending for some tits. Uh, somehow they went through and every he, drug. He went from he went from
1: 0 to 100 so fast right. according to the timeline of the episode because it was just like earlier in the episode it was like man slow down cuz like when you run out shit's going to be fucked up. Mm-hmm. And then he went he went clear str- like straight into like tearing up the fucking place looking for drugs.
0: So he starts detoxing and so he sends the brothers out to start raiding other people's uh pods looking for drugs and so it turns into like almost another riot because now the brothers are breaking into the other inmate stuff and trying to find tits uh at starts choking out like he literally picks up kenny wangler and starts swinging him around like a rag doll as he's choking him out saeed points the gun at uh at Adebisi. a like i need tits give me tits They also showed that Abisi is in jail for life without parole for murder in the first. He was convicted on May 2nd, 1993. He killed an undercover uh, police officer. He chased
1: that man with a sword. With a machete. With a machete. And And then the guy was like, I'm a cop. I'm a cop. He was like.
0: Better Ex- execution time. <laughs> it's like better. that's an insane
2: person. That yes. is an insane person.
0: Atabisi is the sweet tooth of this, uh, of Oz, basically, in my hand. Like yes. he's mayhem no matter yeah. what. Uh, so then all of the brothers, after they kind of calm down, I guess, the Muslims tie them up and put them on the second tier. Uh, and then the lights go out. Uh, Saeed says, Time to do the plan. Uh, I, I don't want to believe that this was really Saeed's idea, but Saeed said it's time to do the plan, and they start bringing all the hostages out to line them up on the front line, like in front of everybody else. We're doing operation, get behind the darkies. <laughs> and so uh, at the same time, they're going to have the hostages stand in the very front, so they get shot first. Also, Adebisi asks Beecher to please untie him, and Beecher responds, you shouldn't have stolen my fucking watch. <laughs>
1: Like, so like that ain't even the only watch he stole. Right. Like, when he stole Saeed's watch. Well, he didn't steal Saeed's watch. He just took it right off his arm in front of him.
0: Oh, which is great to me. And then as soon as he, uh, as soon as they get the in, the hostages lined up with tape over their mouth so they can't scream out, tear gas gets thrown in, a forklift takes out the bars in the barricade, fake gunshot sounds are happening everywhere, and the S.O.R.T. team storms in.
1: Uh, and that's at least it was, one dude. That's, it was, that's it like Call of Duty, bro.
0: Yeah, at least one dude got his top taken off, his dome lifted off, his he got shot in the head, and that's how the season ends with the sword team shooting.
1: Yeah, they didn't even use they. They say fuck rubber bullets, bro. <laughs> we
0: mm-hmm. coming in. We
1: coming in with the real,
0: real. So that's season one. Um, I think this season overall, it was better than I remembered it to be. Exactly. Like, I always thought that the first season was slow when I thought about it before. But no, watching it back, like watching it like this, it built up very well. And I think every episode was really well done. The storylines worked into one another. They looked at different avenues of things without pushing it on you. Um, some of the stuff, the timeline was forced and it was sped up in ways they never explained. But by and large, I really enjoyed this first season. Scar, what you,
1: you think? I'm with you there. I I think I, I echo everything that you just said. Um, and and it, for me, it was weird because there were things that because uh, like you, I believe that season one was kind of slow to kind of set up everything, mm-hmm. and there were some things that happened that I was like, oh shit, I didn't remember this shit happening in season one. I was I was completely under the impression that that King's uh, execution was season was the end of season one got like that's how i re, that's how i remembered it i thought that 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 was how this thing was going to end and then what happened after that and then like all, a lot of the stuff that happened with Beecher and him going crazy off the dust and all of that kind of stuff i didn't remember that all of that happened in season one i was pleasantly surprised and i was thoroughly entertained
0: and brandon what were your thoughts on the first season
1: Oh no, I
2: liked it a lot. Um, I'm enjoying this show. I think some of the actors aren't good, and then some of the other actors are great. Like the acting is on a big pendulum on yeah. this show. Um, but the but you got the, too many name parts.
0: Too many name parts. There's too <laughs> many parts to this machine, but it, they make it work, and that's impressive.
2: Yeah, I like that. I think the I think the timeline they need to nip better going forward. Cause you don't really know how much time it seems like random, how much
1: time passes is yeah, really like, weird. Like you're gonna uh, be executed tomorrow. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's, it's very
2: weird with the timeline. But other than that, um, I'm really enjoying everything else with the show. Like I, I think they're telling a the cohesive story. I'm in. I care about the characters. Um, you know, I have my three people that I like the most: Saeed Beecher and McManus, and they're all living up to it for me. Uh, even though I disagree with Saeed in that last statement, I'm still I'm still team Saeed. So I want to see what happens next, next season with him. Um, you know, the people I don't like, you know, they got theirs. You know, Schillinger got his big time. Um, I'm interested to see how far down he goes, how low he goes, how low he gets, or if he tries to climb back out. That'll be interesting to see. Um, so, yeah, I'm enjoying it.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to ask y'all – do y'all want to do a episode between seasons where we talk about what we liked the most about the season or who we thought was the MVP of the season, or do y'all want to just move on to the next season on the next episode? Oh,
1: oh, on. I could I could do my MVP right now
0: me too. so go ahead, yeah, scar
1: i'm I'm Team Beecher all the way. I think Beecher is the star of the show i i I think I think watching this man his his beginning you know he's the pretty much the only one that you see from his absolute beginning to what he turns into and like what this place makes him um makes him the star of the show to me with with a really strong ensemble cast um you know there's there's some weak parts but the 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 strong parts are really strong and but like Beecher makes the show for me mhm and watching his, watching his change over just over the course of this season. And I know where it's going. Like, that is, Beecher is the star of the show to me. So, like, my MVP of this so far is Beecher. There is there is no, like, it's, second place is distant for me.
0: Brandon, who you got?
1: Um,
2: Beecher is the most... I think the writing has made Beecher that character because they wrote him as the character that's going to change the most throughout the first season. So he's had to give the most range mm-hmm. um, as far as that goes. But the most interesting character to me is O'Reilly because that dude can just play every side. Like he's played with the black people, with the Muslims, <laughs> with the KKK people, with the Italians. Like he the Latinos at one point he's all over. He's he, somehow he ingratiates himself and pisses every faction off in the prison at the same time. I just so, like something's going to have to happen with him. Like he's going to have to get his at some point. But I am just fascinated by like what he's going to do next because I never know what his get what his end game is.
0: For me, I want to say Beecher. I do, and I'm thinking about it. uh it's hard it's hard to not say beecher in this situation because beecher's uh, entire growth pattern even though it was written by the uh, by the, the the writers it still was what kept you kept me engaged for large parts of this like every time you saw him something was happening like the worst of all worlds so to see him have this Moment in the sun at the end, even though you knew it was coming, it's the same as you felt in uh, Shawshank Redemption when the dude is on his knees in the middle of the river. After he goes through the tunnel of shit. You know, you feel good for him, even if you already knew he was going through it, you still feel good for him. So I still got to give it to Beecher, even though Atabisi is my goddamn dude. Um, and every Every single line Adam B C had, which if you really go back and watch, Adam C didn't get a gang of lines in any one episode, and yet everything he did was just like a showstopper. Yes. Uh Brandon, who do you hate more? The warden or <laughs> the governor? Oh, that's easy. The governor, He's the okay. Worst. Just make it sure. Just just make yeah. it sure.
2: All right. He's the, um, He's the worst person on the show. So, what was y'all seen of he's worse than Schillinger? Because at least Schillinger has a code. I don't agree with his code, it's a fucked up code until now. Now he's in the hide in the corner. But at least he stood by what he stood by, and you knew exactly where he stood. This dude is a horrible human being who's under investigation while at the same time being a complete racist asshole and fucking everybody over except himself.
0: So uh, last question: Who? Uh, what would y'all say is your scene of this episode? And who? Well, we already talked about who got the MVP for y'all. My favorite
2: scene was the the conversation with uh, Sa- Saeed and um, McManus. McManus.
0: Mm-hmm. I could see that Scar.
1: The um, the 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 guard getting tuned up for being mouthy. That shit, that shit spoke to me, dog. Like, you not in a position to be talking greasy to me right now. And I, you know how many times I was in a position where someone talked greasy to me and I wish I could have did what, what what got done to that dude?
0: You know what? Alvarez might have actually won this episode now that I think about it because Alvarez got to beat the shit out of the dude who made the joke about his dead baby. Um, He got to check Father Ray. He's now the leader of the gang. And... I mean yeah so he might be like he's up there I, I really do think that dude is such a tremendous actor though. But Scar uh, got any shout outs anything that you want to discuss real quick?
1: Um no man just um well I want to, I want to say one thing. Um uh, you mentioned mayhem in this episode you used the word mayhem and i love the fact that uh dean winters Mm -hmm. is literally mayhem in the all-state commercials Mm -hmm. o'reilly for the people who know the guy who plays o'reilly is literally the mayhem guy in the all-state commercials and i thought that was funny um no man i just i i very much enjoyed this ride i'm looking forward to continuing i'm i was chomping at the Champing at the bit um, for uh, t- for the the next episode, and I'm glad that I get to watch it now, um, because I'm trying I'm trying to stay with it, but like I really want to go forward. Like I've, I'm like in here, so man <laughs> just just uh, for everyone who's who's taking time out to listen to us, we thank you. Um, you know, just just uh, spread the word to your people. Uh, this is must see TV. Even even if even would it be an old TV, this is still must-see TV. Um, and I wish more people had watched it at the time. But if you're watching it now, that's good enough for me, man. Just come holla at your boys, man.
0: Brandon?
2: I may be taking my talents to another podcast um, soon if I don't get an update on Derek's Curb Your Enthusiasm progress. Ooh. So, all the listeners out here, if I don't get an update that's satisfactory to my liking, um, I may be going on strike. Other than that, I'm looking forward to next season.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Thank y'all all so much for listening. Uh, we've enjoyed doing this podcast for y'all. I guess it's coming to an end soon. <laughs> i'm trying but so much stuff keeps popping up we i can't even talk about it right now but there's other shows that popped up that literally took precedence and it's always something there to just take precedence over that um and i i'm sorry i'm gonna keep trying but literally there's always something um for those y'all who have listened we greatly appreciate y'all please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast at if you don't listen to the podcast at a place where you can leave a five-star review just go to apple or Google, and leave a five-star review. Um, also, thanks for the emails and all the uh, insights y'all are given us. We greatly appreciate every bit of it. Uh, for Brandon and Scar, I am Derek. Thank you so much for your time. Y'all be good. Peace. Peace out. Peace.
3: Simulcast.